You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. August 8th, 2017, 8-8 day. I always see those jokes on Facebook. It's like, happy 8-8 eight and eight day, and usually it's the Miami Dolphins, but instead, because you know their record is always 8-8. Eight and eight. But <laughs> these days, I think they made fun of the Colts because they were 8-8 eight and eight last season. Can't make fun of the Dolphins because they were 9-7. and seven. But anyway, this is FUVFC. This is not NFL Friday. This is... FUVFC and welcome into FUV Soccer Podcast. I've got Francis Keene here with me. He's making his debut on the podcast, believe it or not. Big soccer guy, but we haven't had him on the podcast yet. I'm extremely happy to be here. Haven't, yeah, I've unfortunately not been able to make it on yet, but yeah, no, we're, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, today. we're glad you're here. Uh, and always great to have another soccer guy in the fold here at FUV. And of course, we've got Mir Gori here. I mean, what else? We, you can't have an episode without Mir Gori. <laughs> Thanks, man. And I'm, I'm really glad to have the Francis edition. Francis is a great guy, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> All right, whoa, 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 whoa. We're supposed to be hazing him, dude. This is an initiation. We can't we can't be saying nice things about him because then that's starting him off too strong. No, I know. And in fact, you know, when I first met Francis, I asked, uh, you know, Mario and Matt Breen, I was like, you know, is Francis really that nice? Because I'm not really sure. <laughs> they were like, dude, no, really. So then from that moment on, he was like a priest to me, you know? All right. I couldn't really Fa- say anything. Fa- Father Francis. I knew a kid named Francis <laughs> in high school, and that was his exactly. nickname. Father Francis. Father Francis. But right. anyway, enough of the nice talk. Fran, you suck. I just have to, I just have to balance that out. Just got to be balance out enough, the niceness. But anyway, we're going to talk about MLS today. We're going to talk about the Hudson River Derby. I guess it has a real name now. I, I saw that on Facebook the other day. But yeah, the Hudson <laughs> River Derby between NYCFC and the Red Bulls. NYCFC taking that one 3-2. to two. David Villa with a hat trick. Just further, further exemplifying just how good of a player he is and how important he is, not just to the team, but to MLS. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I still think he's way too good to be in the MLS. Stuff. I 100% I mean, personally, agree Personally, I, I think he could still be playing in... Europe and may probably a lower down Premier League team. Yeah. Um I mean that hat trick, I saw all of those goals and especially that, that penalty kick was huge. It was. That was especially for NYCFC. And that was, was that, de- that was a decider, wasn't it? Yes. The, the, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was, was that yeah. was the three two that was that the was goal to put him in the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect right low corner, low left corner shot. It was it was great to see. You know who should have had who could have taken lessons from David Villa on taking penalties is Chelsea, i.e. Alvaro Morata and Thibaut Courtois. I don't know what I don't know why he wanted to take a penalty. I don't know why. And when he did take a penalty, he rushed it so much the camera couldn't wasn't even focused on him by the time he started his run up because it was just so quick. I don't know what was going on with that. We'll talk more about the Community Shield. Fran is an Arsenal fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll talk about Christian Pulisic. We'll we'll talk about just how he continues to just smash records over there for an American. It's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. He's an incredible player, and it's we're all very, very lucky to have him. I hope he makes the World Cup his next year, because that's just going to take soccer in this country to a whole new level. And finally, take, speaking of taking things to a whole new level, PSG spending 200, oh, $250 million plus on bringing Neymar to the French capital. That I mean, that news broke on Wednesday. I believe our last episode was Tuesday. So that is a little bit of old news at this point, but we have to cover it. I mean by far the world's most expensive transfer, most expensive player. And that's gonna that makes PSG a real contender for the Champions League in my opinion. Yeah, I think I love Neymar personally. He's one of my favorite players in the world. I know a lot of people dislike him. They say he's a little bit of a flop or someone who kind of complains a little bit, but he's easily one of the best in the world. He's someone who can change that PSG team, especially a team that came in and uh, came back against Barcelona originally in that. No, 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 sorry. Barcelona came back against yes. them. So it would be able to push them a little yes. bit forward. 
maybe get a little revenge. Exactly. I was going to say that's and, a real revenge, yeah. taking one of their best players, one of their star, that uh, part of that attacking trident yeah. that has been so Especially deadly over the past they also few got, years. Uh, Douglas Costa. Douglas, Douglas Costa didn't go to PSG. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. He went to Juventus. No, he did. Yes, he did. All right, so Fran, we're gonna we're gonna what? we're gonna co- no. cancel that part. Oh, out. No, <laughs> no, we're gonna cut that part out. All right, cut Fran's mic is now off. Anyway, no, it's an it's a simple mistake. That was kind of a low key transfer throughout. It was kind of weird. Like no Douglas Costa is a that. major major player on the international stage, and he just like so, low key nonchalantly went to Juventus, which was a big pickup for them. I know they lost a couple players, and they're not going to be as good as they were. But man, that's you with Di- that with Dybala. I'm sorry. I mean, he's <laughs> I, he's at Juvent- Juventus now, he right? right Mir? he's no, at he Juventus, is, correct? Is, yeah, yeah. Douglas Costa's gone to Juventus. Paulo oh Dybala. There's there's a big chance that he he could leave either now or a lot of people have been telling me that there's a big chance actually in the winter transfer, which is not they don't usually do those kind of things. But I think I think Juventus is going to use the first half of the the season to kind of see if they can engage some sort of um, you know to convince them, and then if they can't. They think actually that they, selling him in the winter would actually be even more valuable because, say for example, Barcelona is like, let's say they're they're kind of falling apart and they're 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 in a sense of like you know they're kind of panicking because they're realizing that they're kind of on the downside of of their their quote unquote you know. 2000s dynasty. Yeah. What they might do is they might do a panic buy for Dybala. Another that. option could be let's say there's a lot of drama around between Gareth Bale, Isco trying to figure out that lineup. Meanwhile, Kylian Mbappe's Kylian Mbappe is killing it. Another option could be that. They sell Bale, and then Real will try to see if they can get Dybala and Mbappe. And what Juventus will do is, as they always do, try to engineer some sort of negotiation where they put pressure on Monaco to 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 kind of raise their price up on on Mbappe by trying to to sell them one of their players. But in doing so, Real would see that Mbappe is too expensive and then try to buy Paulo Dybala. So, you know, Juventus has always been very clever with negotiations, always very good at finding a very good deal. Um, and I think that this idea that's kind of been floating around the last um, two or three days in Italy, uh, I, think, I think actually has some, some legs to it. So, Mir Gori, our, our Italian correspondent there. <laughs> you, you may you can tell the confidence in his voice talking like he knows Italian soccer. He does know Italian soccer, but, so don't but you know, don't doubt the, that. The funny thing is we have a guy on the pod who's named Francis. I mean, I should call him Papa Francesco <laughs> since we already have a pope who's named Francis. I mean, from now on, I think we should give Francis the, the, the pope title, you know? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, think about it. I, <laughs> I will think yeah, about it. He has more of an Italian name than I do. To be that honest. is fair. No, that that <laughs> is fair. All right, Mira. So this is this is something. And the big news of today, we'll just put it out there right now. Coutinho. It seems as if he's on his way to Barcelona. A ninety million dollar, or excuse me, a ninety million euro transfer seems. There are rumors that it has been accepted. There are rumors that it's very very close to being accepted. The, with incentives and everything like that, the transfer price could go up, go up to 120 million pounds, making him even more expensive than Luis Suarez. Mir, you've never been a huge fan of Coutinho in the Premier League, but you've always said that he would fit well in La Liga. Give us your thoughts. Right. So I, I said, you know, I, I think he's never really fit in the Premier League and, and, and hasn't been able to maximize his ability. But the thing is that he's still been pretty good in the Premier League. So I do want to give my shout out to him in that regard. I agree with you 100%. Like, I, he's in, been very good. Before you keep going, Mir, I just want to say, I feel like 
Coutinho's a bit overrated, in my opinion. I mean, everybody's saying, when you think of like the best players in the league, you think of Aguero, you think of Hazard, you think of Sanchez, you don't think of Coutinho up there. I mean, he's obviously a good player, and he's a major part of that Liverpool side, but when... When Mane went down last season, they had no offense, and that's partially Coutinho's fault, and that plays into what you've been saying, that he doesn't really fit in the Premier League. Right, and still, you know, he has found to be uh, uh, found a way to be a, a valuable uh, part of the team, and, and, and kind of, in my eyes, he he's very much like his uh, Brazilian counterpart, Rivaldo. Uh, there hasn't been a Rivaldo type in a while, and I think that although Coutinho's not on that level, he has the same style of where he can do a little bit of everything between midfield and and the strike zone, and you know, I think he's kind of the, your, your class classic glue star guy you know he's a star glue player where he can do a little bit of everything he can he can uh you know defend a little bit for a smaller guy he's he's kind of tough he also can get good cards uh with the refs and and, and get good foul calls and he's, he's clever and you know he he really pushes um in a sense the i don't want to speak in, in, in too many you know cliches but he, he likes to, to push the envelope in a lot of different directions and find ways to be effective even though he's in a tough league. Going to La Liga makes it 10 times easier. Now, I always thought that him and Neymar playing together in Brazil has always been amazing. It really, like if you've seen the games, their partnership is really absolutely fantastic. And he's made even players like Gabigol look amazing. And if you know Gabigol, he's not really that good since he's uh, left to, to Inter. But, you know, when he plays in Brazil, he plays with Coutinho. Coutinho knows how to make players around him better. Um, he's a little bit like a Modric, but more of a striker. Uh, or, or, sorry, more of a winger. Anyway, the thing is, is that I think the important thing to understand with Coutinho is if he goes to La Liga, he's actually going to fit in a little bit better in the offense than what they had earlier. And I think he's going to provide more stability in the midfield because Iniesta is getting older. Busquets is getting slower. They lost Neymar. They need somebody who can kind of do a little bit of jack-of-all-trades kind of uh, role. And I think providing that kind of role would probably be best. In, in, in trying to get somebody like Coutinho. There has been talk about getting uh, Dembele from, from Dortmund. I think that that's a nice replacement for Neymar, but I think that they, that takes up another starting spot in the starting 11 for Barcelona, and I think that they should focus more on Coutinho. So, um, Mir, just to, be, yeah. just to be clear here, you think he's going to play in the midfield, not as a winger? No, no, no. He's, he's, he's going to be... Okay, he's going to take over that kind of shabby role, in my opinion, so he's going to go forward, but he's also going to. So go you back think he will bit. be a midfielder for Barcelona? Yeah, I, okay. I don't think he fits the wing system. Also, Valverde has a different system than, than you know all the, just the old Barcelona regime. No, that's fair. So, so I think they're going to try to go to a two-strike system. Also, Messi is getting older, so you don't want to have too much, uh, you know, tread on his, on on his tires. So they're going to want to keep him maybe more up front instead of having him track back all the time. Same as as uh, Suarez, since he's already thirty. So the smart thing is putting Coutinho right behind the two of them and have you know I don't know Iniesta to his left and Busquets to his right, and that makes up their midfield. Interesting. I've never even heard about a different system for Barcelona I, at Liverpool. Coutinho did play left wing, so it does. Seem like right. he would fit well, but if you, th- I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think he would fit well as a center attacking mid. I mean, that is kind of his when he first came up with Liverpool when he started getting the acclaim that he has gotten. I mean, he was a center attacking mid. Fran, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I completely agree with Mir about him coming in and potentially. 
being a dev I mean definitely being in like a, a starting player but moving in when you have players like Iniesta and Busquets who are getting on the older side you also have older players like Messi and Suarez but I think something to look at is that in a soccer world where there's so much focus on players who are 21 and younger there's so much looking at Dembélé, who obviously, uh, who yeah, he's nineteen. Right, he's he is yeah. nineteen years old. Yeah, it's and crazy. Pulisic, who is also 18. eighteen. We'll get to him in a and little bit. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see that Barcelona is going so strongly after Coutinho because he is twenty-five, and although he's still on the younger side, he's moving to like in yes. four, four years, four, three, four years, you could consider him on the older side of yes. soccer players. No, so I, I think that's like yeah, and for, I think they should be going style, after someone younger. Yeah. For his style um, of play, which is not like it's not predicated on toughness so much as it's predicated on endurance and speed, I think that it is the right time to buy him. But I don't think he's going to be a long like if we want to say long term is five years, then fine. But I don't think he's going to be a cornerstone or the franchise for more than three years because he's going to at some point lose his speed. And Coutinho doesn't have the dribbling or pace skills. Um, that are elite enough to make him effective at the age of 29 or 30. He's not. He doesn't have the pace that I don't know a Neymar has, uh, a Messi, a Cristiano Ronaldo, a Suarez. He doesn't have that kind of pace. But the nice thing is, is that if you look at the scheme when they had Neymar, Messi, and Suarez, it was a bit clogged and there wasn't really much in the middle. Now what they're doing, they shuffle around the lineup a little bit, and if they want. They can still get Dembele, put him on the on the right wing. And he is more of a traditional winger than Neymar was. I mean, Neymar was playing a little bit out of position when he was at Barcelona. So in a sense, Neymar leaving isn't isn't so much of a, a, a like I, I wouldn't say that Barcelona is worse. Um on 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 paper it is, but in terms of scheme and the way all the pieces fit, I think if they get Dembele and Coutinho, I think they might actually have a chance of being slightly better, just based on fit and where everybody you know is is positioned and lineups. Yeah, but how many goals has Neymar produced? I mean, obviously he wasn't in the contest for Ballon d'Or, but always, he, yeah, he's. But he's I feel like it's hard to replace someone like that, even bringing in Coutinho, Coutinho and uh, Dembele. I don't. I don't know if you can replace someone like that. Well, Neymar's goal list is. It wasn't really that impressive. In fact, this year was one of his worst. I think he had only 18 goals. I mean, he had more passing, which is good. And and, and Neymar is capable of doing that. But Neymar is is more of, I guess, the messy style of, of of center forward. He's not so much of a winger. So, in my opinion, I think that you know having somebody like Dembele there and Coutinho I'd rather have those two players than maybe just Neymar. I know it's a little unpopular but the 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 offense was so stacked and the midfield was so weak and their defense is still a mess. So, you know, I think this actually like loosens things up a little bit for for that log jam and allows more fluidity on the, on the on the pitch. Yeah, we got to move on here. We'll move on to Neymar. You were talking about him at length there, Mir. Your thoughts on his 222 million euro transfer to PSG? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys saw, but on Bleacher Report, they were showing the list of, like, top five transfers. Uh, I don't know if it was the history of the French League or just this year. And he was, I think, 198 million euros more Jesus. than the second place person. Great and, step. you know, I, I don't know if, if it's obscene, but I do know this. The French League has always been a laughing stock. And I mean, I know I'm Italian. I shouldn't make fun of the French on, on a podcast. But, you know, 
enough said. The the league on is not really the most impressive league, no. and that's why you know offense is kind of the big thing. That's why players like Lacazette are so glorified. In fact, that's why I think he's going to have a little bit of an adjustment period in Arsenal because the French league is is rather soft on defense. Um, I think it's going to be great for the French league, and I think it's going to be even greater for Neymar. I mean, if if Ibrahimovic, which in my opinion his peak year was when he was 34 can have almost 60 goals at the age of 34. Even if it's Ibrahimovic peak, it's still at the age of 34. You know, if a 34-year-old five uh, man can, can score almost 60 goals, you realize that's a bit of a problem. I mean, he is an, <laughs> Ibrahimovic was a little bit of an athletic freak, but those were too many goals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think Neymar is going to be a massive hit. I think the French League is really going to uh, benefit from this. But... I'm 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 not sure if this is actually benefiting the league as a holistic football team of of just offense, midfield, and defense. I think this is just emphasizing more that the French league is going to be an offensive league. You think they overpaid for him, Fran? Uh, I think that a 222 million euro transfer is a little high. Yes, but I <laughs> a think, bit. I, I I think that since he is so young and the amount of skill he has. In this market as well, the, uh, yeah, you've got to put that into it. I think that it's it's definitely worth it for PSG to make that deal. I I 100% agree with you, and it's so crazy to think that we're saying, oh, 222 million is enough for a yeah. player is a <laughs> is a valid amount for a player. But Neymar is a world beater. He is a he's a world class talent, and I know Pogba is a world class talent as well. That's why he got so much money from Manchester United. Uh, that's why Juventus got so much money from Manchester United, but Neymar is different. He's a striker, and he's he's Brazilian as well. I mean, he, he brings that entire Brazilian flair and that Brazilian culture to a team. I know that se- might seem kind of bizarre for me to say that, but it's true. I mean, Brazil still is the, the top world footballing nation. I mean, that, that well, is... Right, and also, think about what happened to that Brazil team when Neymar went down oh, back to the World Cup. He's yeah. a pivotal player yep. to every team that he plays on. Yep. I mean, even Barcelona, which was so stacked, he is such a good – I mean, Mir, you talked about it before. He didn't have a ton of goals, but his passing got a ton better. He was able yeah. to distribute the ball a lot better. His skill moves with the ball are outstanding. He's a very well-rounded player. And that's why if you guys have seen Barcelona, uh, or sorry, Brazil recently, the partnership between Neymar and Coutinho has been amazing. And, in fact, Neymar, with all his Brazilian uh, counterparts, has been even better. Like, he's just a different player than he is at Barcelona. And you know what the amazing thing is? Uh, PSG's starting 11 last year had three Brazilians on the team that are also regular starters on yeah. the Brazilian national team. And they just added Dani Alves and Neymar. So five of the 11 are going to be Brazilian. Yeah. No, I mean, it's that's great, amazing. I mean, yeah, Thiago Silva, Dani Alves, Neymar, Lucas. Marquinhos. Yeah. Marquinhos, that's right, I forgot about him. And Yeah, I mean, Marquinhos is a guy that Tiago everyone Silva? wants. And now Tiago, yeah. No, you did say Tiago Silva, right? Yeah. yeah. Tiago Mata? Is, there, is, he, is he Italian? No, no he's Argentinian. He's, well, he's Italian, but Italian-Argentinian. Okay. The, 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 Marquinhos was going to be sold. Verratti was going to be sold. And you know what happened? They got, they got Neymar. So, in my opinion, the price tag was actually smart because they kept two star players, and Verratti is almost a superstar, and they added Neymar. You see what I'm saying? So, in a way, like, that price tag for Neymar was, was okay because it allowed them to keep two star players yeah. and two cornerstone players. No, you're 100% right. Let's move on from some transfer talk, and let's talk about an actual game. 
Big game over the weekend, the FA Community Shield between Chelsea and Arsenal. For the fourth time in a row, which is a very interesting stat, the FA Cup winner defeated the league winner for the fourth year in a row. Isn't that isn't that an interesting wow. stat? Yeah, you would okay, think that the league winner... that's very surprising. It yeah. is very surprising, isn't it? But, yeah. John, I don't mean this as a, kind of an insult, but didn't, didn't Arsene Wenger beat... Uh, Joseph Mourinho the year after they won the 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 title two years ago. Yes, right? wasn't that? Yes, so he, Chelsea lost that at Community Shield as well. Yes, I that was like the first time ever that Wenger uh, yeah. beat Mourinho. Let's not forget. I almost the think FA this Cup. is more of an. I think this is almost more of a, a an Arsenal stat than a than a you know just like a oh this is cool because I. You know, it's, Arsenal's just like Ian said. You know, they're great in the preseason, then they kind of fall apart. No, you don't. Hey, now. <laughs> That's yeah. 100% correct, in my opinion, <laughs> I think. this is It's a very good win for Arsenal. It is a trophy. It's a good way to get their season off to a start. But, I mean, they've won the Community Shield three of the four last, three of the four previous years, and look at where that's gotten them. I mean, barely fighting for Champions League spots or failing to qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, well, this is what Arsene Wenger does. He just brings your hopes up with all these minuscule trophies and then just... Burns them the, <laughs> during no, the season. Just, the Emirates <laughs> Cup, though, you guys won the preseason that's, Emirates yeah, Cup. That's true. That's true. Something Yo, that like still Francis doesn't mean a ton, but <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mir. I, I love Francis' use of Arson Wenger. I mean, that's that's the new way I should call him. Oh yeah. yeah, he's Wenger. Wenger is something else, and I'm very very Wenger. surprised. I'm very, very surprised that he even got another contract. I mean, if they don't win that FA Cup final. I mean, I you say, you saw Arsenal fans after the game saying, this is great for three days. And then we realized we've got Wenger for another two years. Yeah. Like, this is like, that's not, it's not good. I mean, they enjoyed it at the time. Arsenal fans, after the season they had, give them all the credit in the world. They were great. They, they came, they were very, very loud at the FA Cup final. And they deserve to win that game. So congratulations to them. I know that's like 10 weeks late. <laughs> but congratulations to Arsenal for that. But. They've got a lot of big problems that that FA Cup did not fix, in my opinion. They just have a lot of work to do. They don't seem to... Obviously, they brought Lacazette in, which was, I think, Huge. It was important. Huge. Very big for the team, especially it's under just, rumors it, that Alexi Sanchez might leave. Yeah. Hopefully, he stays for the... I think it's, what, his last year of his contract? Yep. So, hopefully, he stays through that. Um, I think that... I think that this could be a better year. Just, obviously, we have... I mean, I don't know. I think. I think... That defense is the defense it's looks real. It's very weak. tough. Yeah, Mustafi's got to get back to the way he was when he, they first bought him last year because the second half of last season yeah. he was awful. Murdasacker, he had an absolute worldie in the FA Cup final. I don't know if he can keep that form up for the entire season. I know he got injured in the game. I know he had that cut over his eye. I don't know if he's going to be uh, ready for the season or not because of concussion protocol or whatever. But that defense is looking a little weak. The midfield, not great. I mean, that's definitely not a midfield that's going to get you the league. And Mesut Ozil, I mean, he's a great player, and Sanchez is a great player as well, but you've got to question whether they're... I mean, Ozil's, Ozil's kind of getting up there in age, yeah, to plus, be completely honest. Yeah, plus he seems to never really produce in the right moments. Yep. His passing is, is absurd. 100%. His passing is so great, and it seems like he can always thread that needle he right loves to the disap- He disappears in big games, and, and that's yeah, the problem. Yeah. He, he doesn't show up a ton, and it's disappointing to see. Obviously, Alexis Sanchez is kind of the heart and soul of Arsenal. Yes. He's everywhere on the field. He passes it to himself up the field. I don't know how he does it. It's 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 wild to see him play. If he leaves, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you have Oxley Chamberlain. You've got Walcott, and that's not. I would. I speaking mean, of Oxley Chamberlain, I want to talk about that for a second. He'd be a great fit at Chelsea. I think I, it would he's be, great. He's 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 got a lot of speed. He just needs to kind of kind of grow up a bit and kind of get he out. He'd be and, a great uh, right wing back. He'd be a great backup for Moses, or he could even play on the left as a backup for Alonso. I think that's he'd be not that expensive. 
he'd be, I mean, if everybody's saying, oh, you should buy Sandro, and yes, we should buy Sandro from Juventus, because he's the best player at that position, I think he'd be fantastic on that left wing back side. But I think Oxlade-Chamberlain would be perfect. He'd fill up some of those gaps, and I think that would really make this Chelsea team a lot better. I know you don't want to sell yeah, him. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, another, like, you have that. You have Oxlade-Chamberlain who needs to kind of step up and kind of get himself out there. But I think another issue is at Arsenal is the goalie situation in which Petr Cech, I personally think, is a great goalie. He is a great goalie. But, just, but it we just don't... makes me sad every single time I see him in an Arsenal shirt. It's it, it makes me sad every time I see him on the bench in a Champions League match. I yeah, don't, that makes no sense. It doesn't make sense to me. You've got De Gea and Courtois playing pretty much all their matches. You and then I see Petr Cech and he's just chilling while you have Ospina. Ospina, who's not bad, but he's not. But he's not Petr Cech. And <laughs> Petr Cech has won a Champions League unlike yes. anyone at Arsenal that's, uh, ever has. <laughs> that's, so that's, that's that. I mean, you would think you'd play him in those games because he's got experience playing in those so big games. He's so much better. It is. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why he doesn't play him. And keep in mind, Petr Cech still has yet to save a penalty as an Arsenal goalkeeper. Um, he did not save either of the penalties that were missed. I mean, uh, Morata put his off the post, <laughs> and Courtois sent one into my back garden. Thank um, you for bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. But yeah, no, Petr Cech is at a, I, that's the one major complaint I see with Arsenal fans. I mean, he just sent, gets sent the wrong way on penalties every single time. I mean, a lot of it is luck, and it's just bad luck on Petr Cech's part. I mean, he's a great keeper at saving penalties, believe me, I know, from the Champions League final back in 2012. So he's he, he can definitely do it. I think it's just it's just bad luck on his part. Guessing wrong. <laughs> that's what happens with goalkeepers and penalties. I mean, it's just it's just guessing wrong. All right, so we'll move over. We'll move across the Atlantic Ocean. We'll talk about this NYCFC match, this Hudson River derby between FC and the Red Bulls. 3-2 win for NYCFC, hat-trick for David Villa, one of the best games I think he's ever played in his career. And th- that's how you're measured in soccer is when you, how you play against your big rivals. And this NYCFC-Red Bulls rivalry really has become one of the more underrated rivalries in the country, in my opinion. I mean, those fans absolutely despise each other. I mean, NYCFC are the guys, they're the new guys, they're coming in, they're, they're a bit more... They're, they feel like they're established, but they're really not. They're only a three-year club, and the mm-hmm. Red Bull fans love to give that to them. They're like, you guys are new, you guys are young, just like stay in our shadow. But right now, all-time, it's now 5-4 to four in terms of all-time record between the two. And if NYCFC wins the final game and this it's year, in it's 5-5. the five, Red Bull's five. favor. Yes, it is 5-4 in the Red Bull's favor. And yes, the Red Bulls do have that 7-0 win last year that will always hang over NYCFC's <laughs> heads until they win a similar game like 6 nothing or 7 nothing. But Fran, your thoughts on David Villa? I know you said earlier he's he, you think he's just too good for the MLS. I think he's way too good for the MLS. I I mean he is obviously up there in age, but he's one of the. I grew up watching him in that Spain World yep. Cup when and, he just, and the 2011 Champions League final. Yeah, when with he that. just tore everything apart and he won was, the Golden Boot in that tournament, I believe. Yeah, I think so, and it it was great to watch. I love watching it, him at NYCFC. I definitely lean a little favorably in this matchup to NYCFC because the Red Bulls caused me a lot of traffic in New Jersey. <laughs> Fair enough. And NYCFC is closer to us. Oh, yes, of course. And yeah. they do a great job of marketing yeah, to it's, New York, it's without amazing. a doubt. It's amazing. Um, and I think that Davi V is he works so well on that NYCFC roster because it's... Yeah, David Villa, five goals he, in that World Cup. Yeah, and Tied he, with four of the... I think he technically... Did he win the Golden Boot in that? I don't know. I don't. I don't think he did. No, Diego Forlan won the Golden Boot in that. Okay, okay, okay. So, but anyway, he's but, tied yeah, for the most but, goals. And in this NYCFC team, he's he is able to stand. out. I think he's a star. Obviously, he's a star, and I think that works so well in his favor because fans of New York, I think, need to see, need to have some guy who they can look at and be like, "That's our guy. That's the guy we're going to every time." Mm-hmm. He brings a lot of energy to the field, 
And I think having this hat trick in this game great leader as well. is insane. And yeah. it's so great to watch. It's so great to watch. He sacrificed basically six months of his career to be the NYCFC captain. I mean, he left Valencia and said, listen, guys, I want to be he got loaned out to Melbourne City for a little bit. But he said, listen, I want I want to do this. And he's come to New York and taken it by storm, reigning MLS MVP. And that's not that's not easy to do, considering you've got right. Giovinco in the same yes, league. Yeah. I mean, he's another guy who's really too good for this league. He's so good. I think... I think the reason why he left was that leg injury was very bad. And I think that since he's come to the U.S., it's like a motivation for him to show the rest of the world. And kind of how Barcelona treated him through his last few months before he left to then go to Valencia. That, you know, like you guys really missed out. You know, and, and, and I think it's it's that extra motivation that pushes him to be so good in the MLS. Because if you look at his age and the style in MLS, he shouldn't be this good. But I think it's a lot of heart that also carries him. To me, Juvinko is just, he's above and beyond. Like You think, he should, you think he's, he's better than David Villa? I, mean, I think he, yes, because Villa's leg injury was pretty bad. And I think it's, it's you know... I, I I never question the heart of a thirty year old man because we all know like with, when LT went to the Jets, you know how hard he pushed himself, or even Bill Walton when we went to the Celtics, you know like players who really try to redefine their careers. Even Danny Alves when he went to Juventus, you know I really I never question you know those those players who always have elite ability but have lost kind of their legs. I think that's why V has been so good is because his heart really pushes him to go to the max. And I'm sure in those six months that he sacrificed, quote-unquote, he's probably really preparing himself, you know, to, to get ready. Yeah, and you say that he did lose his legs a little bit. He doesn't seem to have his full speed, but he's very explosive when you oh, watch no, him I, make I, these cuts and these when he just leads he, the ball forward and is able to. It's, it's, it's crazy the passing's good and – I think that's what makes him so great. He's able well, to what, distribute his teammates and get, and they get the ball back to him. They, they give him that love back that he's giving out to all of them on these passes across. But that's what's so great about soccer is that if you're a, in Italy, we say if you're a champion, you'll always be a champion. You might get slower, you might get weaker, but you always be a champion. You know, he, his passing will never go away because he's a champion. That's why, like for example, Pirlo, even though he's been kind of a, a I think a bad presence personally on NYCFC. Um, he, his passing, at least, is still very good. You know, like there are still traits of Villa that are very, very good, no matter how old he's going to be, because that that's in his blood. You know, that's in his training. I mean, if, if you if you saw Francesco Totti this past season, he was still very good even at the age of forty. So that's my point: is that I think he's playing out of his mind because he's pushing himself so hard, and he's probably prepping himself all the time. You know, during the off season, but he luckily has these amazing skills cannot really be diminished you know these the, the the accuracy in his passing the accuracy in his shooting you know those are things that you know you don't really lose until like you know you're an old person you know like those are those motor function skills that you're kind of going to have till you know a, a, a very late stage in your life if you're so talented as somebody like David Villa a great conversation between you guys we do have to wrap it up just in a little bit but I want to give you guys you I want you guys to give me in one word what you would use to describe Christian Pulisic Scintillating. Scintillating. Good word. Good word. Miri, go ahead. Transcendent. Transcendent. That's a that's that, a very good word. He, he like is that. starting he to is. transcend yeah. American soccer culture. He's so well respected over there. And maybe 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 the uh, Europeans start to respect Americans just a little bit more I hope so. in world soccer. Absolutely. This is FUVFC, and we'll see you again next week.